Welcome to Marginally Significant. Um, on uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about implicit attitudes. And so with me today, I have Andrew Monroe. Hello. And Chris Holden. Hey. And you might be noticing that we're missing um, Twyla. She is not here with us. She's, I don't know, gallivanting in, what, South Dakota or something like that? She is ranging the prairies right now, I believe. <laughs> yeah, ranging the prairies yeah. in South Dakota. Yeah, where it's like, I don't know, three degrees or something like that, she said it was going to be. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. Something like six feet of snow. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uphill both ways. Uphill both ways. She can fit through the Iditarod. So, I don't know, we're, we're continuing our theme with only three out of the four of us uh, being here. So, last week, Chris, you you weren't here, and you were in Portland at yes. um, SPSB, which is the what, Society of Personality and Social Psychology. Yep. I'm a social psychologist. I should probably know that. Um, yes. You never know where the S and the P. Uh, yeah, thing, exactly. that, there's all there's all sorts of like S's and P's and stuff like that. It's hard, you know, SPSS and I don't know. PSPP. There you go. Yes. SPPS. If if there's a J, an S, or a P, that covers I think like ninety percent <laughs> of all the things that we care about. That's true. Yeah. Uh, JPSP. SPSS. Yeah. Yeah. PSPB. Yeah. Oh no, there's a B there. Right. So uh, screw, screw PSPB. Well, there's also PSPPP or uh, PSPP. Now it's I just have to go to the bathroom. Free of, yeah, free version of SPS. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 So yes. So anyway, lots of S's and P's and whatnot. Anyway, how was the uh, conference? Any anything exciting happen? Uh, it was good. Um, I went to the podcasting session. That was a lot of fun. And they um, said, don't do it. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, in more or less words, they might have said that. Yeah, they oh, said right. it was, it's a lot of effort. Um, there are a lot of questions about how uh, long it takes to edit and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. It was cool to see yeah. uh, and catch up with some folks that I normally see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we talking about? SPSP? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, then, so yeah. if you if you went to the podcasting thing and then like they told you all the ways to make it better, why is our podcast so terrible right now? Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm I don't think it's terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're a little more low budget than other folks. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have so much. I'm just being silly. We're, 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 this is fantastic. Everybody's happy to hear us like, I, talking yeah. about nothing right now. I think I think what I heard Chris say was that we we're the indie podcast. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, we're we're low budget. We're raw. Like we mm-hmm. are. Uh, the, the kids in the garage, like, really. Yeah, it's the, the yeah. punk rock That's right. attitude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. I'm just being defensive because I do all the editing work. So. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I feel like we should acknowledge, like, Chris it's does just, all the editing work. work. Yeah. But yeah, uh, hot take uh, Blue Star is a lot better than Voodoo Donuts. All right. Adam dropped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I will, I will totally back that up. Yeah. Voodoo Donuts is way overrated. I, I think that they're great uh, when you're drunk, I assume. <laughs> um, but, like, in the light of day, Voodoo Donut is underwhelming. At me. All right, there you go. So that yeah. would be Monroe at um, Twitter.com. Is that how it works? I'm not really sure. <laughs> at, at the Twitters. Yeah, yeah. Twitters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You do anything else while you were there? Ate a lot of donuts, rode bikes, hung out with people. Classic Portland. Yeah, exactly. Cars, man, what? Um, Should we get into implicit attitudes? My implicit attitude is yes. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Well, that would be explicit because you know what it is. Yeah, I don't have access to my feelings. Exactly. Let me back up a little bit. So, you know, I teach, obviously, social psychology, and in it we talk about um, attitudes and and, um, implicit and explicit attitudes. And um, I've always kind of had a trouble with implicit attitudes, just the the idea, and we'll we'll get into why. It was interesting because at, at first I thought this was a really, like, controversial idea of like oh wow like mm-hmm. I don't I'm a social psychologist and I don't buy into this idea of like implicit attitudes just like you know right away and I don't think the IAT is like the greatest thing in the world you know so I was thinking this was more controversial and then I actually listened to um, one of the Very Bad Wizards um, episodes mm-hmm. um, and they actually talked about the IAT which is, which we'll get into to later and I think it might be useful to separate out those two things because it yeah. would be a different thing to say the no, AT yeah. isn't all that great well, from well, implicit attitudes and, and or Bob. Yeah, definitely. I'll, okay. I'll, get, I'll get into that. So, so they talked about the IAT and how the IAT is struggling um, and, and maybe isn't the, the best measure. Um, and then on um, Two Psychologists, Four Beers, they did the same thing and, and they talked about how the IAT maybe isn't a great measure and, and you know, there are problems with it and doesn't really predict behavior and so on. And so, you know, it's like, okay, great, there there are people talking about this, but I don't know, like, they didn't go as far as I wanted them to go. So they talked about how the the measure, the IAT, is problematic, which, again, we'll, we'll for sure get into, 
But and they also talked about like how implicit bias training maybe isn't isn't great. Right. But they kind of glossed over the idea of like, well, do implicit attitudes even exist? Like, is that even a thing? Should we even be thinking about implicit attitudes and explicit attitudes and making this this distinction between these two types of supposedly different types of attitudes that sometimes one predicts the other and and, and there's different forms of learning for both of them and so on. And so they didn't really even get into that. And so that's where I kind of wanted to, to go. Like, again, we'll have to talk about the, the IIT. We'll have to talk about um, some of these other things. But even just, like, going back even farther, like, do implicit attitudes even exist? So that's kind of where I was kind of thinking about that or what I was thinking about with this. So I figured we would start it off with... What the hell are implicit attitudes? So I have a definition because um, that's a good place to start. So if you, um, if you, uh, in our the, the social psych textbook, implicit attitudes right. are basically like attitudes that, that are um, non-conscious. You don't have conscious awareness of the attitude. So so an explicit attitude would be something you realize. Implicit would be you don't. So you might like you know we ask you like how do you feel about people named Andrew? You would say like <laughs> oh I think they're all wonderful. Okay great that's an explicit attitude. Attitude. But an implicit attitude would be, well, maybe you have feelings about people named Andrew that, that you don't have awareness of, that you're not sure of. It's unconscious, right? Non-conscious. They always seem to lock the door with the Andrews walk. Yeah, whenever they just walk by, you lock the door, and you don't know why. So, so that's the idea. And so um, in one of the original um, uh, papers about the um, implicit attitudes, they were talking about their definition. So implicit attitudes are defined as... Um, introspectively unidentified or inaccurately identified traces of past experiences that mediate favorable or unfavorable feelings, thoughts, or action towards social objects. First gut reaction is don't ever write like that. And that's a terrible way of writing and defining things because that was a ridiculous thing. But basically it's all around that idea of um, implicit attitudes are things that people don't have um, access to. They don't really even realize how they feel about something. So I figured that would give us a good place to start of like, does that even make sense? That, I mean, we can get into other stuff later, but this doesn't even make sense that, that you would have an attitude about something that you don't know you have that attitude about it. That you're, you, it's just a non-conscious, unconscious attitude that you have. Like, I think I like Andrews, but actually, I really don't, and my implicit attitude is negative. But I don't know that. Does that even make logical sense? I mean, I, okay, so I feel like there's a little bit of straw manning there. Uh, I, I don't know that I want to go like whole hog into defending implicit attitudes, but the the definition is that. So if if we take Greenwald and, and Benaji, their their original paper at its words is a introspectively unidentified or inaccurately identified. And and so a charitable view could be, okay, these are attitudes that you are either not fully aware of the valence or strength of, of them, or they're attitudes that you have a like you you believe something incorrect about them. And and I think that we know like people hold all types of beliefs uh, or, or believe all types of things that are not actually accurate uh, about themselves. So we know like people are capable of self-deception. We know that people hold attitudes that they may not be uh, the sort of phenomenon of like telling more than we know. Like we know that people have attitudes that they may not, or beliefs that they may not have sort of full introspective access to. And so like, if you want to define implicit attitudes in like, I guess maybe that like more yeah. narrow way, like that's maybe a way of defending them. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, so the whole telling more than you know, I mean, that's typically more about process though. Like, like how do you make a decision? What, what, what factors influence a decision you make? Not necessarily how do you feel about something? And that's what, like, like give me an example of a time where, where you might like, you know, I have an explicit, the, the attitude that I'm aware of is this, but you know, in reality, maybe it was something different. Or I mean, it doesn't have to be with you, because obviously yeah. by definition, you wouldn't know it. But where you've seen that with other people. I guess the, the thing that I have a really hard time shaking is, so 
if we if we buy the sort of view that some processes are slower, more kind like sort of like classic system one, system two types of, of thinking. Yeah. Because you know the number two is is powerful. Yes. But if we if we buy that idea and we buy that some cognitions, some attitudes and some beliefs might be operating in ways that we don't have full introspective access to, I, I, I think that we can we can salvage a version of implicit attitudes that way. Uh, and so that it's just the case like I might have an attitude and I might not be fully aware of it. Or I might have an mm-hmm. attitude where like, I want to be... I mean, the sort of classic case is, is usually with prejudice. So I might have a, an explicit attitude that like, I want to be more egalitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like when sort of put under time pressure or when put in a strange situation, mm-hmm. like my knee-jerk reaction might be less egalitarian yeah. than I hoped it would be. Like that, I think... You know, again, I think a charitable view, if you were motivated to save implicit attitudes, would say, aha, like that's an example of sort of implicit attitudes differentiating from explicit attitudes. But I think that like what you said, I I agree with what you said, but again, what you said was, I want to be more egalitarian, but when I'm under time pressure, I'm not. That's not... I think my attitude is more egalitarian. So those are different, right? So one is what I want to do, and that's fine. But if we ask you, no, not what you want to do, what are you right now? Would well, you say, would, is there an instance where you say, no, 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 I'm super egalitarian? I think so. Like, I think I would say, like, no, I'm actually, like, my explicit values, like, the types of values that I want to have and the types of values that, like, I personally consciously endorse mm. are egalitarian values. Mm. Uh, so they're not just not just the sort of aspirational values that mm. I have, but they're, they're the attitudes that I I would say, like, I... Andrew say like this is my attitude mm-hmm. but then I think the the disconnect between that and like what might happen when sort of pressed either under time pressure or surprise it that disconnect is sort of showing us maybe okay maybe there are types of more automatic like would you be more comfortable if we said automatic attitudes Maybe. And I mean, that's the thing. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah, get into yeah, something yeah. else uh, later. But yeah, yeah, Chris, what were you going to say? Yeah. So we're, we're talking about time pressures, and that gets me closer to my initial take on this. Uh-huh. Sometimes I have a hard time distinguishing between an implicit attitude and a heuristic. Okay. Yeah. So, and I mean, and y'all are the JDM folks, so yeah. I might be describing this wrong, but it, it seems like it is almost uh, a shortcut. So when you're in that time pressure sort of situation, you go with what's quick, and maybe that's, in some cases, what's labeled an implicit attitude, but it's, to me, it, it gets sticky because then it's still, even a heuristic would be explicit, right? You're, you're still yeah. thinking like, oh, well... Uh, what's the classic one? A bat and a ball cost yeah. a dollar, uh, dollar ten. Yeah, 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 dollar ten. Yeah, right. So the heuristic is operating at an explicit level, but it's still taking less processing, or it's cheaper, so to speak. Yeah, to to run that, and that's almost where I see implicit attitudes being. And and so so that I would that I would largely agree with <laughs> in, in the sense of. I, I think that so what I would say is we have explicit attitudes and and you know sometimes we might not be willing to admit it because of self-presentation like I don't want to say like oh hey by the way I'm a huge sexist or something like that right, right. So, so I might not admit that but I kind of know what it is we all know so, <laughs> thank you for that yeah. um, but you know so so I would I would I would you know say that yeah we have explicit attitudes but but I think that there definitely can be things where we have like, yeah, these sh- shortcuts, these heuristics, whatever. But we know we do that and, and we realize that it's not an implicit attitude of like, hey, this is some unconscious thing that people are unaware of that, you know, it's literally like these either they're, um, you know, unidentified or inaccurately identified are the two things that it says. It's like, no, we, we know we have them. We know we do it. We just yeah. sometimes default to it more so than, than others. And so that I, I more agree with. But I think that undermines this distinction between an implicit and an explicit attitude. It's like we all have explicit We basically know what they are. And I don't even think about, like, in other areas, right? So, so you know, you think about um, uh, if you ask people, like, like okay, well, let's, let's take a little bit of a, of a side to talk about how implicit attitudes are typically measured. Well, hold oh, on. Maybe not. Yeah, right? yeah, yes, yeah. Okay. I'm going to try. So, 
one thing I'm thinking about is, is sort of, uh, there, there's a measure, again, sort of implicit attitudes grow out of their, their, their original iteration was sort of with racial bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the IAT. There's, there's sometimes a measure that comes with that about like motivation to control prejudice. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the, the early work in this domain shows that sort of you see this, this interesting dissociation uh, for people's implicit versus explicit attitudes yeah. as a function of their motivation to control prejudice. Yeah. And so I, I wonder, sort of going along the lines of, of what you're arguing, uh, Smith, that we could say, okay, look, there's there's like an attitude, and what modulates it is not whether or not it's implicit or explicit. It's just whether or not we have a sort of motivation to control, like motivation for self-presentation, yeah. motivation or ability. Yeah, or or ability. Uh, so is that? Like with that, so it's an, there's yeah. an attitude, and sometimes we're motivated to like modulate that attitude yeah. because of social presentation yeah. concerns, yeah. or even like self-presentation yes. concerns. I think that's an important point because um, full disclosure, I've done research that that investigates not implicit attitudes, but some of these constraints on how you express your attitudes mm-hmm. and. There, I think there's a lot of convincing evidence to show that people are good at modulating yeah, based on yeah. those inputs. So, like, you tell a sexist joke, and then that opens the floor for, um, you know, more sexist jokes. Yeah. And those people that have those, like, just granting that it's an implicit attitude, they have those implicit attitudes are now expressing some of that. Yeah. Um, but... I still get hung up on the fact that now that that's it's becoming explicit when they decide right. that after that first yeah. joke. So um, so then it's an attitude people have it, but they sort of either constrain it. Is that? Yeah, I yeah. think that's kind of what I'm getting. Okay. You're, you're seeing it better or yeah. explaining it better than I am, but. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of I could see an argument for there being like this initial impulse or implicit attitude, and then it becomes explicit, and people are regulating it based on external feedback, and that would be in line with those original studies that you talked about. Yeah. When you have an implicit versus explicit measure. Yeah, I mean, I think that so so the way I view it, which is oddly different than the way I teach it, because I teach it with a classic of explicit and implicit attitudes, but but the way I view it is we have an attitude, kind of like what you said, and we have a lot of crappy ways of measuring that attitude. I mean, some, some attitudes are very easy to measure, like, you know, how do you feel about, I don't know, cheeseburgers, right? People are pretty... Delicious. Delicious. And that's the thing, is people are pretty honest about that, that's fine. They're juicy, they're cheesy, like, what, what more could you ask you for? Yes, exactly. Sesame yes. seed bun. And you, you know, kill animals to do it, it's totally fine. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's a future pod right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Um, but that. <laughs> yes, that would be yeah. So um, so so I think that, that that you know with a lot of attitudes it doesn't matter how you measure. It. But with things like racial bias, okay, it, it does. And and if you ask people, are you a racist? Of course, they're they're motivated to not say yes. So so it's the, prior to 2016, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, after 2016, they're actually okay to say yes. But but now most people uh, still would be a little bit reluctant to to say yes. And so when you ask these this kind of explicit measures, what are labeled explicit measures, um, people aren't willing to admit it, so they're not giving you a good measure, right? So that's not a good measure of their attitude. Mm -hmm. But then you have it measured in a different way, which is, let's say, through the the implicit associations task, which is the IAT, um, and and you get a little bit at that that same attitude as well. But that's also not a good measure for reasons that many other people have, have talked about. And so you have these two crappy ways of measuring an attitude, the explicit measure, the, the self-report measure, and this task that they go through. You have these two crappy ways of measuring something that, that are related to it. Sure, they're correlated with people's actual attitudes uh, slightly. They're also correlated with each other, which we'll get to later, too. But, but, but they're just crappy ways of measuring the attitude. So it's not all that surprising that sometimes the explicit measure, the self-report measure, correlates with some behavior. Other times, the, the um, implicit one, um, the task-related one, uh, correlates with some behavior later on. Because you have two crappy measures that, that you're just kind of throwing at the wall and hoping that something happens. And, and yeah. sure, sometimes one will correlate, sometimes other. Mm-hmm. And we seem to make a big deal out of it, right? Like, there, there are times well, where research, yeah. not we, researchers will say, like, right. oh, this is fantastic that the implicit measure correlates, right. but the explicit doesn't. Other times they'll say, wow, this is amazing that the explicit correlates, but the implicit doesn't. And, and, and they take that to mean something really meaningful. And I say, no, you have two crappy measures. 
Sure, by chance, one sometimes one's going to correlate, sometimes others are going to correlate. Yeah, and I mean, I I do think there's like an intuitive. I, I'm not I'm not defending the the crappy measures uh, mm-hmm. to be clear, but I, I think there is like an intuitive desire to say, well, that would actually be important if mm-hmm. it's the case that well, explicit attitudes, oh, you know, they don't predict behavior. It's so like hiring decisions. Like explicitly, you say like, oh, you know, I'm egalitarian. Yeah. Um, but implicitly, it turns out that you have some types of biases, and then that affects the hiring decisions. Like there's a, I think there's a uh, a particular pull where people like want to be able to pick out cases where like you might you might think you're slightly more woke than you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I think there's also the the in, in a weird way the opposite where it's like really. I don't want to say like fun, but basically it's very satisfying to, to, to have somebody who says that they're super um, egalitarian and not racist, yet then they, they take this implicit measure that shows, oh, they are racist, and you're like, haha, look at you, you are racist. Yeah. Right. And I mean, so, so maybe it's worthwhile like actually getting into the IIT, because like, yeah. I've got beef with the IIT. Okay. Yeah, so maybe we could, Okay, so the IAT, the, the Implicit Associations Task, right? Test. Test. test, test, yeah. test yeah. Implicit Association. Oh, it says right there. Association yeah. Test. Um, so there are many um, measures of implicit attitudes. The most, by far, the most widely used is the IAT. And so it, it's a little bit hard to explain, but basically the gist is you, you go through the, this test, and, and it's a categorization test. So you, you're shown a particular image, word, um, and all you have to do is categorize it. Let's just use the, the classic one. You just ca- have to categorize it as, um, let's say, good or bad. And so you're shown the word um, that's, I don't know, joy. That's good. You're shown the word that's like fear. That's bad. Okay, fine. Um, and so you can categorize that. Then at the same time, you also have to categorize images. And so you might be shown a picture of a um, a white face, a um, Caucasian uh, face, and then you have to categorize that as white or um, black. And then you're um, shown a picture of an African-American face, and then you have to categorize that as white or black. And so you have to do these two things at the, the same time. And so what they do is they pair these categorizations together. So on um, like one block, on, on a bunch of trials, they might pair, um, you know, the, the keyboard, the, the key that you type is like Q, let's say. Whenever you hit Q, that would be to indicate that something is either good or a white face. And so if you see something good or white, you hit Q. And then, um, you know, I don't know what's a key on the far right of the Y. Why? There you go. So, so Y is uh, um, uh, black or bad. Okay. So, so if you see something that's uh, um, good or white, you hit uh, Q, and then uh, black or bad, then you hit uh, um, Y. And so you do that task. And so that would be what we would call the stereotype consistent um, situation because. Uh, um, the stereotype, not that any of us in this room or really anybody who's taking the test uh, agrees with the stereotype. The stereotype might be that, um, you know, we have a, a positive bias towards white faces and negative towards black faces. Then you do the same thing in, in the counter-stereotypic condition. So now... Q is still good, but black faces. So whenever you see an African-American face, you categorize that as black and and hit the Q um, button, or if it's good, you hit Q. If it's uh, um, a white face, then um, you hit Y, which would be uh, bad or white. And so that would be a counter-stereotypic condition. Am I describing that right? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, and then um, basically the gist is you take a, a difference. How... How long does it take you to categorize things in the counter uh, or the stereotypic condition where the you know white and, and good are paired together? Um, and, and, and how fast is that relative to how fast are you in the counter stereotypic condition? And this is my beef with the IAT. Though. Okay. So you're, you're, you're doing sort of two things together. Yep. You're looking at uh, sort of white good associations. Yep. Can I, can I uh, interrupt yeah, you yeah, real yeah, fast yeah, just to, yeah. to say one thing? Um, just one thing to, to make clear. So what it's measuring is essentially the more or less the strength of the association of of this image with that category. So so the category of, of let's say white with good and black with bad. And so the the what it's measuring is the strength of the association. The assumption is 
The strength of the association is a measure of your implicit attitude that you don't know. Right. So, so I want to make that clear that we're we're measuring an association, assuming that that has to do with your attitude, which may or may not be true. Now, what were you gonna, what were you gonna say? So, so this this is my particular beef that the the way that the IT score is is produced is with this different score. Mm-hmm. So you're taking and you're basically taking sets of reaction times that are sort of white good, and you are subtracting uh, from those mm-hmm. uh, the, the the black good. Uh, yeah. So and and so what you're getting there. So you could get like a big IT score if one of two things is true, mm-hmm. either that you just have a, a really big effect for believing. Like white faces, uh, like doing the, the white face good pairing. Yeah. So if you're super super fast at that, yeah, and sort of moderately fast at, at the other condition, you would still show a big IAT bias in that case. Yeah. Alternatively, imagine a, a case where you're like your sort of white good score is completely moderate, like in the middle, like nothing uh, amazing about that, and you show like a really uh, big effect for like, pairing pictures that. Are are of African Americans with with negative stimuli, that would still show like a really big IAT score. And so, because you're sort of you're confounding your in this like because we three here are white, because you're confounding your sort of in our cases own race preference with a dispreference for uh, a, a different race, mm-hmm. you are collapsing across two two different yep. things that mm-hmm. I, I don't think you should be collapsing across. Like, we know, even, like, super young children have preferences for people who sort of look like their caretaker. So then, like, saying collapsing these these two things, so sort of preference for one's own race possibly, mm-hmm. again, only in the context of the three people who are, who are in, this, in this pod, mm-hmm. versus a preference against people who are not of your own race. Like, those are two different things and I think need to be measured separately yeah. and the IIT like throws them together in one measure and it's yeah. like that, that's, that's my that's my complaint against the IIT yeah, yeah. And, and, and so 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 I agree with that in, in defense of why they look at the, the different score the, the rationale for doing that is so they don't want to pick up on instances where people let's say are just very slow to categorize everything yeah. so, so if you're just really slow to categorize everything well, then you just want to look at the difference of how slow are you to categorize, you know, white good versus black good. And, and so I agree with that. But I still agree with what you're saying that you're, yeah. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but couldn't you just... Probably wrong. Uh, probably. <laughs> but but couldn't you just say, okay, well, let's look at the trials where you have the stereotype consistent. So the African-American faces and uh, the negatively valenced words. Mm-hmm. And let's look at the difference between your reaction time in that condition to the stereotype inconsistent condition where it's... African-American faces and positive words. Like, couldn't you just do that different score as giving you, like, a pure association of what your sort of African-American good uh, versus African-American bad association is? And, like, you don't need the white scores at all. Like, why... Mm-hmm. Why collapse these two different constructs into one construct? Yeah, no, I mean that, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think that I, you know, it's a whole thing. I wish I knew more about how people exactly score the IIT and see if those things actually do matter because it might make a difference though the way that you do that, or it might be like, oh no, well basically that that's you all get to the same place, yeah, in the same place, and that, that but that's a good point. I'm not really. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I mean, some of the things I do know. Sorry, were you going to say? No. Okay. Some of the things I do know that um, people's scores on the IIT, like the test retest reliability, is really poor. So if you test people on like Monday and then test them again on Friday, that correlation is pretty weak. Like, like I mean, you're the personality psychologist, yeah. so so when you're you looking don't want at that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, I mean, but you would know more about this if I remember correctly. The correlations of the test retest reliability was like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.5, something like that. That's just because their ego depleted by Friday. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. you know, but it, it's like if you were measuring something like extroversion, or if you're right. measuring like you what, you'd get much higher <laughs> test retest um, reliability there. Yeah. Right. Typically, I mean, it, uh, part of it depends on how long your measure is. So if you use like the ten-item personality inventory, yeah. you're already you're truncating a little bit. But yeah, 0.6 would be of concern. Yeah, yeah. I did want to jump in a little bit about the score too. Yeah, yeah. One, one thing uh, we we hit on this, but I want to make it clear in case uh, folks don't know how it's exactly scored uh, is that it's it's looking at uh, time. In yes. milliseconds. Right. Yes. And that's important because the time that you have to make any one association is constrained. Yeah. 
So you, if you don't make a decision or you lag for too long, it just moves on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that is in some ways a built-in safeguard mm-hmm. for folks that do take a little bit longer to categorize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I would still agree with the point that you're you're conflating a couple of things there. Mm-hmm. Um, another point I might be totally throwing this out there, flying by the seat of my pants, but I think. People have revisited how to score the IAT, and I, I, I don't remember when it was done, but I think it was yeah. done in, like, in the past few years or so, and they've yeah. been playing around with some of that. Yeah, um, and th- there has been a lot of discussion about how best to score, what to, how do you deal with um, outliers, whether you um, wh- what do you do when people miscategorize something? Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you still look at that um, yeah. if, if they make a mistake? Um, so th- there are, are people, and so, yeah, I don't mean to, like, you know, dump all over the IAT. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I do mean to dump all over the IAT. I don't mean to dump all over the people who are doing this research because yeah. I do feel right. that they're they're trying to improve upon um, the measure that they have. But, you know, it's like you can only polish a turd so much, you know, maybe it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not worth trying to improve upon is what yeah. Uh, so I might have more of a middle of the road sort of take. Okay. Is this like burn it all down? <laughs> uh, heads on pikes. Yeah. Uh, so I think if you look at the measure itself, ignoring the fact that it's conflating some things, mm-hmm. it measures what it intends to. I think. How do you know? I don't know if I have a good reason for that. Yeah, and well, that's but, yeah. Go ahead, um, We we can unpack that a little bit more, but yeah. I think. My my problem with the IAT and how it's been interpreted is that people take this next step and start associating it with all of these different behaviors. And I think that the bigger disconnect for me uh, is not in how it's measured, but it's in how people have made assumptions about what that measure tells us about behavior. Yeah. And those are usually, I think, bigger leaps than yeah. how it's measured in general. Yeah, I think so. that's a that's a good point. And that's what, but, I mean, yeah, so I 100% agree with that, but also that's the point that I think other people have made, which I think is, is a useful point of saying, like, all right, so so this predicts other types of, I shouldn't say predicts, it, it, it correlates, which predicts, but, you know, it correlates with, it's associated with other types of um, behaviors, behavioral outcomes, and that's definitely a, a, a leap there. But, I mean, like, I'm even trying to just say, like, should we even just assume that implicit attitudes exist? Like, I, I feel like... I think well, Freud settled that for us. There you go, yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, and, and, and that kind of gets, gets to my idea of, like, what's the, what's the evidence that exists? And I swear when I, when I ask people that, it's like, well, because we have the IT and it measures something. It's like, well, no, just because the IAT measures something doesn't mean that we have an implicit attitude. I, yeah... I mean, I, I agree that, like, we shouldn't say, like, well, because the IIT shows differences, therefore implicit attitudes exist. Yeah. But at the same time, so this is this is just, like, an intuitive argument. Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I have a hard time shaking the intuition that there are attitudes that I may not be fully aware of mm-hmm. in, in some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way that... So, so emotion is a really good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not always fully aware of the emotions that we are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, like, this happened a couple weeks ago, and my wife came up to me, and, and she said, like, so are you okay? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And she's like, you yeah. just seem really, really angry. She's like, you're kind of snapping uh, at me a little bit, and, and you seem really angry. And, and honest to God... I, my, my answer was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'm perfectly happy. I'm, I'm not upset at all. And, and she's like, okay, well, you seem, you seem angry. I detect anger in you. Yeah. The dark side is strong. Like, yes. all, all those good things. And so a little bit later, like, I had finished, uh, I had finished this task. And, and afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God. It was that task that was, like, pissing me yeah. off yeah. all day long. And I really was angry. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I couldn't detect that because apparently I didn't have the, the self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my wife, who knows me really well, was like, obviously, you're just yeah. pissed off. And, and I mean, I could I could buy that. I mean, especially with with emotions, I think that makes sense. Even with attitudes, maybe. Uh, um, but I think that's a good example of then. So, you know, half an hour later, ten minutes later, whatever it was, when you finished the task, you became aware of it, and you realized how you felt. Mm-hmm. So it's not implicit. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. But that's yeah. my but that's my point. So okay, so maybe. There's a half an hour point where I don't really understand how I feel about, you know, I don't know, three-legged animals. Um, and then, you know, somebody says, like, well, here's a picture of a three-legged animal. How do you really feel? And then somebody says that. And then, then 
like, oh, actually, yeah, you're right. I do kind of have a have a negative attitude about that. And so there might be a half an hour where I don't really realize it. But I'm just saying that for the most part, we probably know pretty much how we feel about things. Again, once it's pointed out to us, once we describe it, certainly if you ask people, like, uh, I mean, you know, going back to the personality idea, um, you know, you might ask people, um, are you narcissistic? And they'll say yes. Well, that's true. Narcissism, <laughs> narcissism is a little bit of a bad one, but 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 even if they say, but they might say no because they don't know what narcissism is, right? I mean, if you just like, said narcissism, they're yeah. like, I don't know what that is. Um, but you then you would say, um, well, okay, if you were the ruler of the world, would things work better? And, and narcissistic yes. people say yes, and, yeah. and, and non-narcissistic people say no. And so, yes, Monroe is laughing because he would say yes, right? <laughs> like, wait, is that obvious? Is that true? Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it gets, gets to my point. So, so we wouldn't say you have the implicit personality of narcissism. I think that's conflating the narcissism and just confidence and ability, though. I, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a bad example. But my point is... Yeah, I'm is pretty that, sure the world that, would be a better sometimes you That's know, the first, or one of the first items on the NPI, so... <laughs> yeah, so, so, so some, of the, some of the times we measure things with a very direct, just like, are you that, like, are you intelligent? Other times we're like, hey, let's give you a task and see how well you do. But we yeah. don't say you have implicit intelligence. You just, you, so, there's just a, a, a different way of measuring it. We have an indirect measure. So what if we measured a different way? What, what if we like asked you like, hey, so are you a virulent racist? Uh-huh. And like, probably you'll say no. Right. Uh, because you know what the socially acceptable response is. Yeah. But then we go to like four of your friends, like, is Smith a virulent yeah. racist? And like, he's a little bit racist. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I'm in that example, which I agree with you. Yeah. I am intentionally lying. What if you're just not aware? Like, how do we know that's that the you're lying versus how just not aware? How many people are racist but don't know they're not racist? Plenty. Well, you say that. So wouldn't we see, we, we assume that then people's um, implicit measures should be uncorrelated with their explicit measures then? They're not. Just spoiler alert, they're not. <laughs> right. People's implicit attitudes, if you measure it in the implicit way, are correlated with their explicit. People have access to their implicit attitudes. Therefore, they're not unconscious. Like, we shouldn't see a correlation there. Yeah, you're right. right. And and I I went back and skimmed the original paper, and it was weird because they were trying to toe this line of like, well, hey, look, they're not perfectly correlated, so that means we're measuring something Mm -hmm. different. Hey, they're somewhat correlated, so that means that we're measuring what we're supposed to be measuring. And they were trying to, like, because they weren't, like, perfectly correlated, they were just like, hooray, that's good. And then there was a meta-analysis that I looked at, and I I read the whole entire abstract. (laughs) And read the abstract of the meta-analysis. And uh, Hashtag post-tenure. Life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and it was on um, looking at implicit and explicit attitudes, and and on average they're correlated to like 0.25 or something like that. So so not super strong, but also not weak. Yeah. But th- then it did say that that when the conceptual overlap between what they're measuring um, in the two measures it, it increases, the correlation got a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. So like some of the studies, they would you know the IAT would be like black white faces, but then the the explicit measure is like racism in general. Uh, well, okay, those might be. Not not the same because how I feel about you know um, um, you know uh, Asian people or how I feel about Hispanic people might be different than, than African American right. and so when they measure when the IAT the the implicit measure um, overlapped heavily with the explicit measure the correlations were even higher than that again to my head I'm just thinking like oh so people do have access to their implicit attitudes so not to go all statistical with this but I wonder if it's a nonlinear trend. So I wonder if for folks that have very strong implicit attitudes, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the outside moderators or modulators of that are. Mm -hmm. Their implicit attitude is so strong that it's going to match their explicit. Whereas folks that have a weaker implicit attitude would maybe not have as strong of an explosive. That's still linear, yeah. but I, but, I, yeah. I but now, but now I feel like we're, we're like back to basically like motivation to control prejudice. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. like you have a particular yeah. attitude and for some people they moderate it because they're like, I don't want to be yeah. just like a giant asshole. Yeah. And other people do moderate it because they yeah. don't want to be asshole. And I would agree with these self-report explicit measures. It's a lot easier to figure out how you should re-respond in. Whereas with something like the IAT, it's, it's a lot harder to figure out how do I show that I'm not? You should just use more there. bogus pipeline. Paradise. That's the thing. I mean, I think the bogus pipeline is really what we want to do. So, for people who don't know, 
the bogus pipeline is basically a um, Gun procedure. Yeah, well, it's a procedure that basically says, hey, by the way, they, they do it in a, a very well-controlled way, but by the way, we can figure out if you're lying, so tell us the truth. Right. And so it gets people to be a little bit more honest in those instances where maybe they'd be reluctant to say, hey, I have this particular attitude. Because it's one thing to like have a bad attitude. It's another thing to get like caught having a bad yeah. attitude. So, yeah. so I think that that is the case where people might not be willing to admit about their, their particular attitude. But again, that's very different than what is supposedly an implicit attitude, which people don't even know they have that attitude. Just to go back a little bit to what you were saying, Chris, um, there are a number of studies, not, not all of them find this, but a few studies have found when they measure both implicit and explicit attitudes, essentially an interaction in the sense that when both, like let's say we're talking about bias, when both explicit attitudes yeah. and implicit attitudes are both highly biased, the kind of combo of those two, then it's very predictive of people's behavior. Mm. But if even just one of those is lower, then it's less predictive. So it's this interactive effect. Um, so it's not always just a, a straight linear relationship. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that does address kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. I was thinking of like heteroscedasticity. So like on one end you have very tight variance, and then on the other yeah. end you have a lot of variance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but that again, yeah. so so looking at those studies though, the way I still would think about it is you have two separate crappy measures, and of course, if you have two measures and you combine the you know ability of both of those two measures, then that's going to get you a little bit better. So yeah, for sure. And, and we're but also one, it'll camouflage the shared variance of the two measures if they're highly correlated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't know if I have a way to address the. The crappy measure, um, but yeah. this is somewhat related. Uh, I think one of the things that we have to factor into this is the fact that when the initial studies on the IET came out, there wasn't anything else out there like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm a personality psychologist, so I do a lot of Likert type response scale, strongly, yeah. strongly disagree. This was completely different from yeah. that. And I think this was also kind of in the like the PSP P or PSPB like flashy like yeah. sort of like uh, sexy headline sell sort of thing. And I think you could build it as that measure. And I think um, a lot of people didn't think about the validity of the measure as much as they did the downstream cons yeah. Yeah, consequences of it. No, um, I, yeah, so no, I, and that's another thing that I 100% agree with. I've said that like statement about it by the way, like eight I, times. Apparently, I really agree with you guys. So, so I agree with you guys. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, agree. Uh, three uh, with, white dudes with agree with, with each other. Imagine that. Please don't unsubscribe. Please don't unsubscribe. So, no, so I, I agree with that that statement that the, the IAT, because it was different, because it wasn't just a self-report, people really, like, latched onto it and it had this kind of sexiness appeal that then, um, as if measures could be sexy, I don't know, um, it has a sexiness appeal that measure yeah sure <laughs> touche um but but that doesn't necessarily like then you said like where they might almost overlook like the validity of it doesn't even make sense the other thing and and this is admittedly maybe a little bit unfair but um the the iat and a lot of this other research that's looking at this came out in the time that I would say is like the dark age of social psychology so basically from like 19 I don't know maybe I would say 1990, maybe 1995 to 2010. So from 95 to 2010 is this huge emphasis in social psych for um, things that are automatic or non-conscious. So whether you could prime a particular yeah. behavior, whether you can measure something in a way that people don't even realize it. So it was that, and it was a time where it was just um, counterintuitive. So if you yeah. could tell somebody who says they're not racist that they're racist, oh, that's super counterintuitive. Great, that's wonderful. And I guess I would add a third thing of just crappy um, um, researched uh, um, kind of practices of like you know I was looking back at the original. I, know I love I love your hating. On the I know. I was like, yeah, Anthony Greenwald. What's he's ever done? But. 
but um, it was at least in fifteen years. But but I mean, just like they they had a bunch of studies. There were like you know thirty two participants in a between subjects design or something like that. And and it really was. I mean, it's looking back some through some of the the, the um, uh, um, studies in this original IIT um, article. And really, they were a lot of studies had like thirty four participants or something like yeah. that. And so they, I mean, that is just ridiculous. So so you combine like this really huge emphasis on anything that's you know automatic is is amazing and anything that's counterintuitive is fantastic and and anything that if you have you know 32 participants who cares that's enough you know and that's just like that whole area that whole dark age of social psychology is just like ripe with the um false positives but okay so the the thing that I'll push back on a little bit there is so that's an argument against the measure yeah, uh, yeah. but that's not a necessarily an argument against the measure isn't an argument against the concept yeah. I, yeah, uh, yeah. And, I, and I agree uh, but what's, so then what's the evidence that the construct exists I, I don't your intuition is what it comes down to then it, it is a bit of an intuition but I, I think that we my, my point is only that I think we should be careful not to also conflate yes Arguments against the measure with okay. arguments against the concept. I think okay. I think you need different arguments yeah. to okay. push against each of those things. And I, I think you you rightfully argue that the IT has some some major flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need we would need to level and, and we did in the earlier part of the the pod. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to level different arguments. Yeah. Uh, in order to tackle whether or not implicit measures uh, exist, and, and so I, I think we should just be careful about not being uh, not being lazy and not sort of allowing like yeah. one thing to argue against both. Yeah, right. no, I, right. I, I would agree. It, it is it is hard though sometimes to keep those separate because like I was saying when I talk with other people about this and they say well the evidence that implicit attitudes exist is because we can measure them through the IAT. Yeah, those people are just they, wrong. Oh, they're just wrong. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, but, but then, but then the, the, um, uh, the argument for implicit attitudes becomes just this like intuitive, like, I don't know, it just seems like this happens. And, and, you know, you, like, if you tell somebody, you know, oh, hey, you have an implicit attitude that's racist, then they're like, no. And then you're like, well, yeah, obviously you don't know it because right. it's implicit. So there, so so there's no way for even anybody to say like, no, I think you're wrong about me because well, by definition they don't have access to it. And I and I think this goes to like a broader a broader worry that we I think we often make in, in an error in psychology that just because something happens quickly, um, we sort of take it as evidence that it is um, sort of. Something that can't be cracked open with right, introspection. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's yeah. the black box. Like, this is, like, not to change the topic yeah. uh, a ton, but, like, this is sort of, like, in moral psychology, which is, like, my particular area, like, this is Height's core argument. Like, hey, look, moral judgment is, like, totally intuitive yeah. because, like, it happens quickly. And that is actually, like, that is not a correct inference. Yeah. Um, just because something happens quickly does not mean that it's it's happening, like, in a dumb way. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think that we should be careful here to say, like, well, people might have, I mean, you know, people have attitudes. Mm-hmm. Some of those attitudes are more easily accessible. Yeah. Uh, we can access, uh, we can like access them heuristically, like, mm-hmm. like, like Chris said. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's like an entirely different process yeah. that we have to like specify. And, yeah. And, and that's the, the thing that I kind of agree with. But I, I do think that we have more um, like gut reactions to things. I think that's fine. I think when we reflect on that a- afterwards, oftentimes we can realize why we had that gut reaction. Again. But but gut reaction doesn't mean like with, that the reaction is without sort of a basis yes. in evidence. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. It was still a gut reaction. I mean, I mean, this is a silly example, but it's like if I say what's two plus two, you're four, and it's not you say four, and it's not like you're just like, hey, that was my automatic response. So therefore, I have no clue how I came up with that. No, you can show that yes, those two things matter. Uh, um, but yeah, so I think we can have gut reaction to things so I'm not saying that uh, um, you know when I say like hey I don't know that implicit attitudes exist and and so kind of like Chris like what you're talking about with these heuristics ideas certainly there people might have these heuristics and certainly associations exist but do we just have these things that we don't even know that we have that are these non-conscious this is all like you say like this whole other process this whole other category 
That I'm less convinced of. I certainly think that there are times where people might not be willing to admit an attitude. Maybe, you know, in a weird way, like rightfully so. Like, yeah, that's a bad attitude. You should not tell people that you have that attitude. I, I also think there could be times where people, um, you know, you know, without really thinking, they don't really realize how they feel about something. You ask people, are you afraid of spiders? And they're like, no. And then you show them a spider and they're like, ooh, I don't really like that. Then you dump a bucket of spiders <laughs> yeah. on them. That maybe is a little more extreme. Um, it's exposure and, therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, you know, so they're like, after like half a second, they're But in my like, story, they're black widows. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So like after half a second, they're just like, oh yeah, okay, I guess I don't really like spiders. But again, that's just that momentary where they don't really, they haven't been in that experience. They can't, I mean, we know that people have trouble with hypotheticals. We know mm-hmm. things like that. And so, so that's a whole other thing. So, so I just, I don't know that we need a whole different category to, to describe attitudes. Again, when we don't do that with other things like personality traits, we don't say people have like their implicit narcissist and explicit narcissist. We do. We but oh, you do. I'll grant you that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you do, but you're still okay. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, with like extroversion things like that. I mean, typically, you know. But they're like personality traits, like you might not be aware of always, but like other yeah. people see in you. Yeah. 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 They're, they're very easily verified. And the, the, the example and I was thinking of was like self-esteem. Okay. But the way that we measure implicit self-esteem is the IAT. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the name letter task. But. Me great. But yeah, yeah. in terms in terms of the big five, no, we don't really yeah make that distinction quite as clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And then same thing like you say with that intelligence and with all these other yeah. things. We might have different ways of measuring it, which I'm totally fine with different ways of measuring it as long as they're good yeah. measures, which the IT may or may not be. But um, um, as long as we have good ways of measuring, I, I'm totally fine with having self-report measures and you have um, mm-hmm. indirect behavioral measures. We we do that all the time. But we don't then say these are different constructs that we're measuring. We say we have different ways of measuring the same construct. Yes. One is a self-report measure. One is a behavioral measure. One's an observational measure. One's a whatever. And and so so I don't know that we need to say that we now have these different constructs just because we've measured them in different ways, or just because yeah. in some ways there might be a momentary lapse or whatever. That's. Yeah. But again, man, you know that's. Um, I, I think we cracked it. Yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. email um, Anthony Greenwald and uh, tell him that we figured out. You should just email work. him a poop emoji. It sounds. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, before we switch gears, I'll say this: um, Michael Sargent, who does Tatter, has a, a good episode on the hype. Um, so yeah. if listeners haven't already listened to that, that yeah. would be something I would suggest yes. yeah. checking out. Yeah, so basically so. we're telling you to listen to all other podcasts. So, yeah, so um, Tatter and then um, Two Psychologists, Four Beers, they talked with um, Jesse Single, Single, yeah. Single um, which he's done a couple good write-ups on the, yeah. the IIT, the struggles with that. And he was actually focusing a little bit more on some of the implicit bias training yes. and, yeah. and how that is really not well supported yeah. at all. Um, and then, um, We're then at you, Howard Schultz, yeah. <laughs> and then um, very bad wizards also yeah. did a, an episode on um, uh, the IAT. But again, they all focus more on the IAT, which is fine. That, that that's great. Yeah. But but that's why I wanted to talk a bit about the whole implicit attitudes in general. Just a lot of convergent validity. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So thank you for um, listening to marginally significant, and we will talk with you next time. Bye.